You're listening to The Dollop. This is a bi-weekly American history podcast. Each week, I, astronaut, farmer, lover of Porpoise, Dave Anthony, read a story from American history. To my friend. Dramatic pause to my friend. Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. Took a sip in the middle. Sure, whatever. Pause. No, you've really loosened the intro up. I think it's safe to say that it's loose. It's okay to have something flexible up top. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. What do you want me to say? Let me get rid of that mattress. <laughs> you know, sitting next to mattress. You just sit. You just come in here and get ammo, and then we start, and then you let it rip. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's how you roll. Sniper. Baby sniper. Buds, bro. <laughs> Let's just start. <laughs> God, you want to hit a dude? I'll do one buck. <laughs> people say this is funny. Not Gary Guerra. Dave, okay. Someone or something is tickling people. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the tickling podcast. Okay. You are Queen Fakie of Made Up Town. All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. A bunch of religious virgins go to mingle and do what? Pray. Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. <laughs> 1920s. Boom. Cities in the United States started regulating taxi cabs in response to markets flooded with too many taxis. Yeah. Fewer taxis allowed drivers to make a living, and in return, drivers had to follow safety, insurance, and service requirements. Okay. Right? It's a trade-off. Sure. But like anything else, monopolies, political control, and other issues led to problems. Fares and service declined. By the end of the 80s, the taxi business was in bad shape. The end of the 80s? Yeah. Okay. And had a giant Target on it. Okay. Right? Yep. Between 19... Especially Target cabs. Where'd you come from, Jose? He came from the window. That was crazy. Yeah. But a, a vocal entrance, like screamed first and then leapt off. The oh, he... Well, he's, he's working on catchphrases. Yeah. It's good. You should put a, like a. If I had a seal, I would put like a, a tub under the. Oh, would you? Window sill yeah. for it to jump into. Oh, would you? Between 1993 you, and the year 2000, 22 articles about taxi deregulation were published by libertarian think tanks funded by the Koch brothers. Uh, well, those guys are cool. Makers of all things good. Yeah, and except for Coca Cola. Right, and it worked. Clearly, an improved taxi market could arise by removing regulations. Travis Kalanick was born in 1976 and grew up in Northridge, Los Angeles. His parents, Bonnie and Donald, made sure he was never left wanting. In middle school, he got good grades and became the target of older bullies. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, well, you you said he got good grades. Yeah, so beat him up. That'll teach him. Kalanick vowed never to be bullied again and to turn the tables on his tormentors. In high school, he was naturally athletic and competitive, and excelled at running track and playing football. Okay. So he's a lot like you. He's a lot like me. Did you play football? I did Romeo and Juliet. I'm not going to talk to you anymore. Travis Kalanick also discovered he was good at sales, particularly as a door-to-door knife salesman in 1988. It's easy to sell knives door-to-door. Yeah, you want fucking... Because someone just opens the door and you have a knife immediately, and then, yeah. You got money? Hey, how you doing? I'm going to need you to buy these. That's me. Ow. Stab me. Yeah. No. 
Former, cl- a former classmate. Actually, that one looks pretty good at the end. Yeah, because it goes in nice. Yeah. A former classmate said, quote, he was a good salesman. He let that be the entirety of his personality. Well, that's good. <laughs> that sounds like a good person. <laughs> Another said, quote, he was definitely, uh, there was definitely a feeling for me that he was always trying to sell something to me, like a used car salesman. You know, it's their job, but it doesn't make it any less annoying. Right. <laughs> So he seems like an awesome guy. In social guy. circles, He though. seems like an awesome guy to hang with. Yeah. Sounds like a real Madoff on the scene. When Kalanick was 18, he started an SAT prep tutoring service. When he was 22, he dropped out of UCLA, where he studied computer science to work for Scour Incorporated, the first popular peer-to-peer file sharing service. Scour. Scour. I had never heard of it. Yeah, I haven't either. Kalanick likes to say he co-founded Scour, but that apparently upsets some of the company's actual co-founders who considered him to be an employee. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I like how people... I, that's a good play. More people should do that. Yeah. Kalanick was known for his marketing and uh, came up with a guerrilla camp- marketing campaign for Scour Exchange, or SX as they called it. SX? SX. So they put bottles of lube on dorm room doorknobs with stickers that read, Do not enter. SX in progress. Well, that's cool. Get it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Do you get is it? That, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's great. Um, it's great. Is, is it helpful? Are people... I would just be annoyed. But I would just be like, oh, SX, the lube people. Yeah. Hey, you guys got any more SX? Yeah, it doesn't really... Like, you wouldn't be like, oh, oh file sharing. File share. Oh, this is how you share files. Hey, there's file sharing going on. I'm going to jerk off with this lube and then share a file or While two. While I'm sharing files, I'm going to rub my penis. Yep, you know how I do it. Actually, you know what? I'm going to bang it out in the other order. I'm going to get some dirty files and then I'm going to rub it out. Oh, uh, dirty files. Two years later in 2000, the Motion Picture Association of America and others sued Scour for $250 billion. <laughs> Well... I mean, so they're big. That's a lot. Big loss. Scour quickly filed for bankruptcy. Uh, Based on? I don't know. Okay. Just wasn't working. Right. Kalanick then started a new company called Red Swoosh, another (laughs) file sharing company. He lived over three years without a salary, moved into his parents' house, and ended up owing the IRS $110,000. Good. So So that's good. So So Red Swoosh is doing badly? It's killing it. Yeah. And him. He, had apparently, he apparently had also had big ideas for himself at this point. In 2003, he picked up a registration form to run for governor of California. All right. Now we're talking. And registered a website, travisforgov.com. Okay. But he never followed through with the campaign. Did he try putting lube on people's doors? That is where he should have Vote gone. for Trav. And other achievements, he once held the world's second highest score for the Nintendo Wii tennis video game. That's something that you can always hang your hat on. Well, that's something. When anyone know. says that you're you, you're a loser, or a, what's this? A, a, you know, you don't do enough yeah. with your time. What's this score? Yeah, right here, number two, asshole. Thanks. Hey, Travis. What? I don't know. I just thought I'd do a crazy head uh, move. Oh, okay. I thought you heard Jose or something. <laughs> I, I, that doesn't translate to the podcast too well. <laughs> anyway, back to Red Swoosh. Uh, <laughs> to save money, Kalanick decided to stop withholding income taxes from employees' paychecks. 
which okay. in some in is that illegal? Yeah, it's actually known as a crime. That's okay, a crime. it is. That would be committing a crime. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, several employees left angry after they worked for long periods and did not get paid. That's okay. So he's withholding taxes There's- for the government. And then he's not paying other people. Right. So it's just a, it's just a great shop. So he's making in. some, he's skipping off the top nicely. It's a great shop to work <clears> in. <throat> so it sounds he like he's treats, ready for, to be a governor. He treats the people well that work for him. And in yeah. turn, they treat him well. Yeah. Red Swoosh appeared on fuckedcompany.com. Well, I don't know if you remember this, but there was a website called fuckedcompany.com around <laughs> dot com boom times. And if you, if you popped up on there, they had reason three and you were fucked. Wait. Wait, I'm gonna there need were you to... so many companies folding that there was a, a website called fuckcompany.com. Oh, and Fucked Company would list companies that were fucked. Yeah. And Red Swoosh wound up on fuckedcompany.com, yeah. yeah. and then at Red Swoosh, they were like, oh, no, we're fucked. They were just about, about to get money from, like, AT&T or Yahoo or something, and then they popped up on Fucked Company, and it went away. Fucked Company. Yeah. But it all seems shit. He moved to Thailand to cut costs. And then a company came and bought Red Swoosh for $19 million in 2007. Wow. But then I looked it up, and the company that bought, nothing ever happened with Red Swoosh. It just went away. Like, they just threw money at something, and it was pointless. Right. They bought it for no reason. It was just a... F- but that's great if you're Red Swoosh. Yeah, for him, it's great. Yeah. So Travis Kalanick is now a millionaire. He bought a fancy new house and called it, quote, his jam pad. Huh. He made a weird noise. Now, is he making preserves? His jam pad. Or this is where he goes to... I'm going to guess that this is where he plays either terrible music or it's just his man cave. His jam pad... You ready? Yeah. Had its own Twitter account. What? Jam pad? It's not loading. It's at jam pad HQ. It's still active? Well, he hasn't shut it down, but, but there's, it's, there's, there's, nothing there's not recent. that many tweets, and okay. he hasn't tweeted since 2010. Okay. Um, it's he, he calls it the Church of Creative Capitalism. Okay. There's a guy, Angelo Soderia. He tweeted, leaving... At Jampad, deeply inspired by what my friend Conat T-Bone has accomplished in building for entrepreneurs, a true sanctuary for vision. Another, this one straight from Jampad, epic jamming in 5 a.m. close time. Sorry. Insane crew coming by the Jampad tonight should be awesome. So he's just cool. So, so the Jampad is just... Got to dust off some cobwebs. <laughs> Attention entrepreneurs. I'm back in SF and Jampad is yeah. open for business. All right, let, me let, up. Let, let me ask you, what isn't Jampad? <laughs> it's a place where entrepreneurs get together and jam ideas, bro. So it's a, it's a rock and roll think tank? It's a think tank for fucking... Entrepreneur, hey man, what if we, what if we have a, a, like a delivery service for cats? Boom, love it. It's that kind of thing where they just sit around and think up. We'll I, put lube on people's doors. That's it, man. So he's clearly into himself, and he started a blog and and uh, about investments and his philosophy of life. Right. He was invited to Obama's inauguration. Of course, get him there. Yeah. And, and apparently, traveled- the CEO of Jampan's coming. 
I want to thank Jampad. He apparently traveled with an awesome crew. Quote, when you've got the kind of crew we've got, the party is wherever we are. I think that Jampad protests too much. He's jamming, dude. Around this time... I mean, we'll play weed, we drink Capri Suns, we're Jampad! Around this time, his friend and fellow rich guy... Dude, Jampad's got a pool table, and Jampad's got a pool. So, Jampad's got everything. Hashtag Jampad! His friend Garrett Camp asked if he wanted to run a limo company. Camp wanted to bring down the price of limos because he had paid over 800 for one on New Year's Eve. All right, so he's this has a personal touch for him. <laughs> he's been hurt by this tragedy. The idea was a premium service for high-end customers. Quote, when you open up your app, you get that experience of like, I am living in the future. I pushed a button and a limo rolled up, and now I'm a fucking pimp. Uh-oh. I, are we headed? Oh, no. Camp bought the domain name Ubercab. Oh, no. Dot com. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, Dave. Kalanick then suggested partnering with an established limo companies to offer an app that would assign a requested trip to a driver, set the fare, and collect the payment. Oh, my God. Uber? Their new company would receive a percentage of the fare. Uber Cab was founded in August 2009. Both men considered it a side project. Okay. Oh. It launched in San Francisco in July 2010 with 10... That's right around when the jam pad's happening. Oh, uh, well, I mean, how could it not be? But, but Dave, if I may, if you think about it, Uber's uh, an eagle. Jam pad is the wind beneath the eagle. Fucking thank you, bro. You're welcome. Stop it, Jose. When they first started, they had had, uh, 10 driver partners, which is what they called them. It was immediately popular with the tech executives. So it's just a toy for new rich people. Right. They're like, this is fucking great. In August, investor Chris Saka tweeted, quote, rolling in an Uber cab, eat your heart out, Robin Leach. Uh, Boom. God, that's the, cool is that, thing is that the guy, the that's the guy who started GoPro? Who? I think. Right? Oh, is that who that is? I think so. I might be wrong. Soon they had 100 drivers and cars. Kalanick said his, his official title at Uber was, quote, chief incubator. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. No. No, no, no. Hey, I'm cooking up ideas. No, Chief Incubator? Yeah, man. Uh, I'm warming shit up over here. Oh, my God. The eggs are going to hatch. That's... I mean, you know, I guess nothing coming from Jampad surprises me at this point. That's right. I mean, I've been through so much with Jampad. We came up with some... This is where the dog was developed, at Jampad. Hey, man, what if the other guy doesn't know anything about it? Hashtag Jampad! But Uber had launched this new company without consulting the city government. In October 2010, the San Francisco Transportation Authority and the California Public Utilities Commission issued cease and desist orders against UberCab. Okay. Quote, the name UberCab indicates that you are a taxicab company and as such you are under our jurisdiction. Okay. So Uber dropped cab from its name. Sure. Uh, um, and then the cabs are like, wait. This, no, but um, I, uh, uh, they're good. Am I, is that my crazy or are they just good? <laughs> I mean, they're good. As far as we can tell, there was no action to enforce the cease and desist orders after that. Meanwhile, cab companies were losing their fucking minds. Oh, I don't remember that. One manager, quote, we are in a terrible state of shock. We just could not believe that what was happening would continue. It's so obviously illegal. Not in the gray area, but clearly illegal. We kept thinking that authorities would step in at some point. 
They did not. That's not surprising. Meanwhile, cab companies... Oh, I already said that. And Uber was now attracting the big boys of venture capital. Okay. The next round of investing came in October of 2011. Amazon's Jeff Bezos, Ashton Kutcher, Jay-Z, Leonardo DiCaprio. Decaps? Yep. Uber was now valued at $330 million. Wow, that was quick. How did the VC guys see Uber? Quote, Uber is in the empire building phase. Oh, God, it's very tough. (laughs) I mean, it's it's tough. It's not. It's tough because, you know, it's just the the language is so douchey. The language is. Chief incubator. No, it should. All these guys are the biggest, dude, the, the, the. Shit that comes out of their mouth. Moonshots. That's what I heard recently. Such douchebags. Yeah. Moonshots. Oh, oh, this is the room of moonshots? This is where we shoot for the moon. Come on. Okay. So uh, another focused on Kalanak himself. Quote, he's a douche as a tactic, not a strategy. (laughs) Wait. Wait. He's a... So he's... So Kalanak, he's saying, the VC guy's saying... He's a purposeful douchebag. Right. Like, it's his... Angle. It's it's what he's doing. It's right. how he's getting stuff done. Right. Oh, that's cool. In June 2012, Lyft and Sidecar launched their services, but they did not use limo drivers. Instead, it was normal people with their own cars. I remember Sidecar. Now, Kalanick. It was just scary to be in, in that. Yeah. Because you're on a motorbike, and you don't know the guy driving it. Is that what it was? A motorbike? No, no, no. Oh, I'm God, pretending it's a amazing. real sidecar. People are dead, but great. So many dead. So instead, it's normal people, normal car. Now Kalanick is furious. Okay. He storms in to the California regulators' offices. Okay. The director of policy and planning said, quote, the head of Uber, I forget his name, he came here along with a slew of his lawyers and lobbyists and said, I'm here to shut to ask you to shut down Lyft. They are illegal, and you guys have to shut them down. Oh, God. It was a strange meeting. We tend to expect people to be on their best behavior when they come to talk to us, but this <laughs> guy comes in and is rude and demands it. Ruber. Other than this meeting in which Kalanick demanded the city crush I, You know what would have been great is after the meeting, they each had to rate each other on a five-star scale. <laughs> Other than this meeting in which Kalanick demanded the city crush competitors who had come up with a smarter business plan than him using the same illegal methods he had, he refused to meet with officials. So he's mad at other companies for coming up with a better illegal plan. He's getting out-douched. He's being out-douched. Totally out-deed. He's out-deed. One commissioner, quote, Kalanick's attitude was, screw the government, we don't need government. One commissioner called Uber probably the most obnoxious organization... I've ever had to deal with. Oh, God. (laughs) Uber then decided to join Lyft and Sidecar, which were illegal in Uber's eyes. And on July 12, 2012, Uber quietly added UberX to their app in San Francisco. Wow. Kalanick told the press, quote, It remains to be seen whether regulators will crack down. If they don't, Uber's more than happy to play in this space. (sighs) So morals are important. Very important. You can't do that! Yeah. Well, now you can't stop us. Yeah. Uber. The real problem was ride sharing was overwhelming California agencies. They were set to regulate limo services, trains, light rail, ferries, 
distribution of electricity, natural gas, and propane throughout the state, which is a huge job. Okay. They were stretched thin as as it was. So now they have to deal with these guys right. who are, like, blowing shit up. Right. Next, Kalanick said Uber would roll out, quote, in any market where a competitor is opening for 30 days without direct enforcement against their drivers. Uber will interpret that as approval of ride-sharing activity. Wait, wh- so what wherever is- Lyft are or Sidecar, uh-huh. he's gonna, they're going to fucking roll in there, and they say they can because the other guys got to do it. But what sort of is is at this point? It's it's just popping up places, right? They're just saying they're going to expand. They're just expanding wherever they want, right? Okay, but yeah. there's not like really. There's not really any legal issues. It's just they're, what they're doing is totally illegal, R- right? But they're but they can get away with it. So no it's one's not, stopping them, right? So they can. So they're just literally being like, anywhere you are, we will come and. Just, it's like setting up a bar in your house. Do you want to? Co- you want to drink? Nobody stop me from setting up a bar. <laughs> have you ever been to a house bar in yeah, L.A.? I have. <laughs> <laughs> so great. Yeah, it's pretty. You're crazy. like, what is this? <laughs> There's a guy with a sailor's hat on. That's the captain. Yeah, the ca- there's always a captain. As far as dealing with city governments, uh, Kalanick used a common uh, libertarian argument that most people working for government are shit humans. Okay. Quote, Some city council people are really awesome, but most are uninspired. I meet them as little as possible. Uninspired is like an entrepreneur's ultimate dig. Yeah. Like that to them is like, man, you guys aren't thinking outside the box. You're uninspired. <gasps> How? Ow. You're like a rule follower. Oh, my God. When Kalanick had to deal with city commissioners in Miami resisting Uber, he said, quote, I'm spending a lot of time with city officials in Miami when I would much rather be at the Shore Club. What? Uh, who, who, he said that where? On Twitter? He said that in a, to a, a newspaper. Uh, that's just so douchey. Kalanick said he was, quote, a oh. trust buster and freedom fighter. Oh, God. <laughs> that That's the problem, too. Right? <laughs> When, that really is the issue. When you just, you like, just take your bullshit and find a oh. parallel that it's harder to argue, like, like that it's not, that that at least you have a leg to stand you're on just with. just fucking swimming in I'm a bullshit. trust buster. I'm a fucking, could you I'm Isaac Newton, bro. Ever, ever in your life, no matter what you did. Talk about even, yourself like that. Even, even uh, the fucking, even George Washington or whoever. Yeah. You know, the, the guys who fought the revolution. Yeah. Be like, no, even no, no. If they said I'm a freedom fighter, to be like, all right, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Why don't you take a break? Well, I'm George Washington. I you do not tell me to shut the F up. Okay, but take a break on the freedom You, you take a break. My teeth are falling out of you my really goddamn head. you consider yourself to be a freedom fighter? Well, I think I'm a, I should be in the conversation a little more than this Uber guy <laughs> coming over here and slandering me as such. That's fine. I am the I am the first president of here. Are you a trespasser? Look, I'm not saying I am or I'm not. What I'm saying is it's a more apt comparison for me than it is for this Uber D-bag. Okay. You said D-bag? What's a D-bag? Yeah, we'll get there. Kalanick tweeted, It's like Braveheart, like freedom! And he used used Ayn Rand as his Twitter pick. Oh, good. Well, I mean, you know, he's he's got good heroes. He's consistent. He's got good heroes. Yeah, the the best thinkers. You know, Ayn said some okay words, (laughs) such as and such as the. I'm dying. Why don't I use (laughs) Medicare now? Yeah. Or or, what's she going Social Security in America? I don't know. Uh, Kalanick went on the offensive, pushing his view of how Uber would save the world. 
In the Wall Street Journal, he wrote, quote, unless we are rapidly reimagine urban transportation, cities risk imploding under the weight of more than a billion cars. <laughs> Mass transit. So he, I mean, for someone who hates politicians, he's taking all the pages out of their playbooks. Oh, no, he's, he's the fucking worst. Mass transportation was part of the solution, but not the magic bullet. The subway, after all, does not reach your front door. It's time to bring space sharing to street level by creating the mobile horizontal equivalent of skyscrapers. This is just he. I mean, isn't he losing himself at this point? It's, it's is he understanding what he's saying? The horizontal. We're driving skyscrapers now. The horizontal equivalent of a skyscraper. It's the horizontal equivalent of a skyscraper. It doesn't fucking mean anything. Yeah, these are uh, horizontal. Do you know what, it would be? what the horizontal equivalent of an elevator. I don't agree with that at all. <laughs> I don't agree with that one bit. Are you a trust buster? <laughs> no. Oh, that sucks. We can accomplish this by embracing a lesson our parents taught us to share our toys. So Uber was finally, in his opinion, the answer to light rail, which is a huge problem. Yeah. I, I mean, if, if but that, really, do, you, do you think he believes that? I, I genuinely think that he... He, he filled he, himself he, with enough shit that... He spends every day eating his own bullshit. Right, right. Meanwhile, Kalanick's way of running a company was implemented into Uber. He created 14 values for Uber with tenets such as being super pumped. Oh, cool. Well, that's cool to read. And, quote, always be hustling. Well, I'm not super pumped about that one. Also, quote, make magic. Make he's who? What does he expect? And quote, have a champion's mindset. Yeah, I'll do that when I'm driving people in the back of my Corolla. Also, quote, uh, yeah. So meritocracy and toe stepping. Toe stepping? I don't know what that means. But what is he taught? It sounds super douchey. You can definitely shave some rules, but, but that is the thing. Who's for? Who loves the merit, meritocracy? <laughs> well. I mean, in I, I don't have the answer, but in any in any employee handbook, the second that you're saying you're at meritocracy and toe stepping, yeah, it's definitely time to eliminate some. An Uber spokesman spokesman broke down super pumpedness as quote. This is the craziest. <laughs> How do you do that? Oh, let me break down super pumpedness. Bring energy and infectious enthusiasm to everything you do. How about this? Just show up. Yeah, but just doing your job and enjoying it. Just we'll do pay your you job. good, and then you'll do like to job. be here. No, but bring bring infectious, bring it all, man. Make everybody feel. He, this is the guy in the office. You're like, gosh, shut the fuck up. But it's it's always it's like when uh like you know like you just lose when you make so much money you just lose perspective. Like you're just like, how can you not be pumped about Uber? It's like, well, it didn't make me well, millions of dollars. Fuck. I'm making shit money. And it I'm didn't a, make me millions I'm of dollars. I'm a customer service guy. Why would I give a fuck? But that's what happens with the like, you know, like when you, like Cribs used to be on. These people had lost such touch with reality that they'd be like, I'm crazy. Like I like to watch a lot of movies, so I have like all these movies here, I'm just kind of a movie buff. It's like, no, you're not a movie. Look, everybody's a movie buff. You just have nothing else to do, so you opened a theater with all your money and you have a bunch of movies. You're not different from anyone. You just have fuck all to do with your life. <laughs> so you, like, lose your perspective entirely. An employee said, quote, super pump pumpedness, it's hard to say. Super pumpedness? Super pumpedness is all about moving the team forward, working long hours. Pretty much a do-whatever-it-takes attitude to move the company in the right direction. Super pumpedness. Different if you have stock in it. 
But Kalanick was cultivating a way of doing business that not many companies would encourage. Quote, we do have an aggressive culture. We do step on people's toes, and we think that's the best way to get performance out of people. Oh, dear. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. cool. That's the cool place to work. Cool. One friend recalled a night out with a group of married couples at the Gold Club, a San Francisco strip club. Kalanick, who was single, pulled out a laptop to work on a spreadsheet, crunching Uber's numbers while friends watched the dancers on stage. So let me just say what that move is. Okay, because I have a take, too. You have a take, too? Yeah. So that's you, without people knowing who you are, Yeah. can't fucking handle it. Yeah. And you're in a strip club. Yeah. And you want these you want these strippers to come over and rub right. all over you because yeah. of who you are. Yeah. So whip out your fucking thing and let them know you let them know you're Uber's top boss. That's what I was gonna say. The name drop. Dog, it's baby. a name drop. It's a spreadsheet name drop. It's a fucking spreadsheet. It's a spread name. drop. <laughs> <laughs> On New Year's Eve in 2013, an Uber driver in San Francisco hit and killed six year old Sophia Louis. The driver was arrested for vehicular manslaughter. Uber denied fault, saying the driver was an independent contractor, not an employee. And since he was not carrying a passenger or driving to pick up a passenger, technically, he was not on the clock. Hmm. Uber, therefore, had no legal liability. Uber also calls them driver partners because they're not independent contra- contractors. They're not. Right. They are independent contractors, not employees. Right, they're right. driver partners. So they came up with a super douchebaggy term. Right. They, for, they- for it's the all. I mean, it's for them best case scenario. Well, it'd be like if if you, if Walmart started calling the cashiers the, uh, money partners, right? And they, yeah, right. The family sued the driver and Uber for wrongful death because he was logged into the Uber app waiting for a fare when he hit the girl. Right. Oh, and the driver already had a reckless driving charge in Florida, including driving 100 miles per hour into oncoming traffic. Oh, God. But somehow Uber's screening process didn't look for that sort of thing. Is there screening? What is their screening process? We'll get there. Oh, dear. Pressure mounted on Uber. A few months later, Kalanick announced with, quote, great fanfare that Uber would cover drivers who had the app activated but had not yet accepted a ride. So they already insured people for when they're driving someone or they're picking someone up, but they didn't insure when they're waiting. So now they're saying they'll do it when people are waiting for the app to give them a place to go, right? But they're just going to insure people for much less than when someone's in the car. Are they saying they'll in, they're saying they'll insure them throughout the whole driving Basically, experience? But it's not the same insurance as right. when someone's in the car, right? Right. Which is like a million dollars or something, but but. So now the max, the max, if that happened, would be a hundred thousand. Okay, which is sad because the mother also got hit and she already had five hundred thousand in medical bills. Okay. So, so he came up with something that still didn't cover the actual problem in front of his face. Right. A jury later deadlocked on the driver's charge of manslaughter. By the summer of two thousand fourteen, Uber had a value of seventeen billion dollars. Wow. The SF Business Times named Kalanick Executive of the Year for 2014. Uber said driving was a path to personal freedom and and financial independence. And the company said a typical Uber driver takes in more than $100,000 in annual gross fares. Hmm. The company built fancy new offices, calling the main conference room the the war room. Oh, ah. (laughs) Can't they hire the head of Nandushi? They can't. They, they don't know how. Uh, in August 2014... There's just nobody that'll say no. No, everybody will say yes. So everyone's like, great idea. I love it. Yeah. Oh, it's great. In August 2014, 
2014 Kalanick hired David Plouffe, the mastermind behind the 2008 Obama presidential campaign. Plouffe was brought on board to lead Uber's PR. Quote, I don't subscribe to the idea that the company has an image problem. I actually think when you are a disruptor, you're going to have a lot of people throwing arrows. Who throws arrows? Well. You shoot arrows. That is true. You do shoot (laughs) arrows. Like you throw arrows in a huge pinch, maybe. But your first line of defense, the, any anybody that you're taking seriously who's going to assault you is not going to be throwing arrows. They're not made for that. Yeah, no, they're not. Knives. Shooting arrows. Throwing stars. Throwing stars. Yeah. In September 2014, the San Francisco and They're tossing bullets. District attorneys told Uber and Lyft they were operating illegally. Then Ashton Kutcher. Thank God that name came who back. Who doesn't in. have enough money. Started a Twitter campaign to rally support around slash CA loves Uber. Uh-huh. Uber not working with governments was the standard operating plan. In Birmingham, Alabama, an official said, quote, Uber pretty much told us they wanted to be no part of the transportation code. They felt their drivers are small business. They should be allowed to operate however they want with no regu- regulatory oversight, government oversight whatsoever. That also includes no business license and no paying tax on their income revenue. How are you able to check all those boxes? <laughs> no paying tax. Like how do? Like, hey, listen, our drivers are coming to town and they're not paying tax. Nah, they're not drivers. So uh, it's it's like when you take when the fucking mob comes in and invests in a in a restaurant. Right. Oh, by the way, we're not paying for fish anymore. Uh, okay. Oh. But you're paying us for fi- We're going to eat the fish for free, and you're going to pay us triple for the fish that you cook. Also, there's a uh, non-breaking your leg fee. Right. There's no breaking your leg fee. 50 bucks a week for your legs to not get broke. All the booze you got to buy from Bobby. Well, it's a pleasure doing business with you, fellas. Yep. Oh, that's $10 to go back inside. Kill him. Anything that required them to be in compliance with any law in general, they were totally against. This may be why Uber was uh, able to get away with surge pricing, which is, you know, everyone knows what surge pricing. Yeah, everyone knows what surge is. During a big snowstorm in New York in December 2013, Don't rates, they? rates were massively increased. Okay. Up to eight times. Kalanick said it was... Eight times? Kalanick said it was basic supply and demand, which was true because people were stranded all of over the Of course, yeah. But it's not... That doesn't, that, that doesn't mean when they redid Woodstock, remember, years ago, and a bottle of water was $9. Didn't make it okay. No, it doesn't make it It actually okay. made the whole place get burned. <laughs> Uber does not explain what the surge price is, just that it is 9.8 times the base fare. Since passengers have no idea what the base fare is, <laughs> that literally means nothing. Uh, it's so stupid, too, because the amount of times where I've been like, two times, 2.6? <laughs> well, it's robbery. I have no idea what, what it's based on. No. There, and there's no oversight on the surge shit at all. Good. Customers have been charged $710 for a 9.7-mile drive. An 18-mile drive that's usually 50 was $539. A $400 uh, dollars for a 10-mile drive, on and on. So Enron has cars. Yes. I guess the good news was that Uber said the median income of an Uber driver was more than 90000 a year in New York and more than 74000 in San Francisco. So people are making bank. Okay. Better but be Uber, true. Doesn't tell drivers how long a surge is expected to last, how many passengers are waiting in the surge area, or how many drivers have been alerted to the surge area. Some of them head quickly to surge surge zones and then find out it's over. 
Surge zone. Surging distorts prices because it encourages drivers to wait on the sidelines, artificially creating a shortage of drivers. So now guys are just sitting around waiting for surges. Right. It's the gold rush. Kalanick said, quote, we are not setting the price. The market is setting the price. And we have algorithms to determine what that market is. Oh, good. Yet Uber controls all the information in the market. One of the things about a free market (laughs) is uh, relatively balanced information on the part of both the buyer and the seller, right. but either is not a buyer or a seller; it's a broker. Right, right. So they're they're keeping secrets about something they're not even really a part of. <laughs> oh, good. And it shows the buyer and seller only what it wants to. And Uber withholds supply to drive up prices. A text message was uncovered that encouraged drivers to stay home during Valentine's Day in San Diego, so prices would surge. Uh, oh my God. They really are. I mean, it really is Enroni. <laughs> wait, oh, we're just getting started. Oh, no. When an Uber customer opens the app but has not ordered a ride yet, the map will sometimes show there is a cluster of cars nearby. But wait times are 15 minutes or more. An Uber help staff member wrote that the rider map was, quote, just a screensaver. This is not a representation of the exact number of drivers at the location. I know this seems misleading to you, but it is meant more as a, a visual effect, more than an accurate location of drivers in the area. It would be better of you to think of this as a screensaver on a computer. Once the rider requests a trip, there will be an actual information about the driver partner's location showing up in the app. Uh, those bastards! So there's no, of course the cars aren't real. There's better the screensavers. To have? Yeah, more, I would like a fish going by. Yeah, I have a little fish going by, something like that. And then you pull that up, you go, hey, there's fish around. Hey! The negative press about Uber was ticking up. In November 2014, Uber hosted a dinner in an attempt to improve their image with the media. Bud, BuzzFeed was invited. The night was hosted by Ian Osborne, Uber consultant and former advisor to British Prime Minister David Cameron. What? This Uber is strange. Senior, well, they're all over the fucking. I know they're all like it's an incestuous little. Yeah. yeah. Senior Uber executive Emil Michael outlined an idea to spend a million dollars to hire researchers and journalists to look into other journalists' personal lives and their families to give them a taste of their own medicine. Wow. You think you wouldn't do this at the dinner to cozy up to the media? It, it feels like a bad idea. The, the, this was active at the dinner. Yeah, he did this at the dinner, talking to the media. About how they want to have a better relationship with the media. And then... He specifically wanted to go after Pando Daily editor Sarah Lacey, who had recently accused Uber of sexism and misogyny. Michael said women were much safer in an unregulated Uber than a regulated taxi, and that Lacey should be held, quote, personally responsible for any woman who deleted an Uber app and was then raped. Oh, he said said that there? (laughs) He said that? He did say that there? Yeah. I, I mean... <laughs> you, who just is dropping rape at events? It probably, probably said sexually assaulted, but... Still. It's still the same. It's the same idea, that if a woman deletes an Uber app and gets sexually assaulted, that it's this writer's fault. Really? Oh my, yeah. He also said they should dig up a very specific claim about Lacey's personal life. So there's a rumi- rumor about her personal life out there, and he says they should dig it up. When someone brought up the fact that Michael's plan could be problematic for Uber, he said, quote, nobody would know it was us. But, but you're, okay, what, what does he think the journalists are? 
he thought he thought it was all off the record, but they forgot to tell the press that it was off the record. They forgot to say it was off the record. They didn't tell BuzzFeed it was off the record. I mean, isn't that isn't that a huge? I mean, aren't you just isn't your instinct just to overly express that? <laughs> like every two minutes, you should say it. Uh, yeah, but hold on. Before I get into my rape uh, <laughs> bit, uh, I did say off the record, right? Everybody knows. Oh my God! Did I not? Oh, you guys! I feel like I feel like when I say rape, that it's just off the record. Like, like you don't even have to say it. We just printed an article about it. What? How could that be a thing that happens? Has, hashtag jamped. The next day, Uber were apologizing profuse, profusely when the story broke. Oh, come on! But same month, an Uber driver in Chicago was arrested for sexual assault. <laughs> The charges later dropped, but the driver was using an account registered in his wife's name. Oh, whoa. Another Uber driver explained how easy it was to game Uber's background checks by handing off an approved account to someone else. Uber drivers share accounts. That is crazy. Of course they do. But did they... If you, e- can't, if you can't get an Uber account, just have a fucking friend start one and then you drive it. Or if you lose your Uber account because some people got kicked off, just have a fucking buddy set one up for you and then drive. Who the fuck's going to know? Your picture? It doesn't even fucking matter. Would to me. Are they checking? I mean, I would. No, but I'm saying you <laughs> could use your own, you could use your bullshit picture and roll oh, with it. okay. That's what I mean. Yeah. Right. No, okay. Right. Um, so, right. The company knows, some driver share accounts and the company knows, according to drivers, and looks the other way because, quote, it's harder to find drivers than you'd imagine. The company just wants someone in that car. They seem to be looking the other way. Yep. A lot. Kalanick also dismissed... <laughs> That'd be another good name for it. Looking the other way a lot? Yeah. I'm calling looking the other way a lot. Mm. Oh, I don't think they're very good. I always liked Red Swoosh. Kalanick also dismissed these sexual assault allegations. Quote, these in- incidents aren't real in the first place. How... <sighs> You know, truly, if I, I don't understand, I, like, you know, and it just happens. But you make enough money, you lose enough perspective that you'll literally have no empathy for well, anyone ever. But This guy was a fucking psychopath from the beginning. For sure. But don't you think it's some, like, it's, it, it's just always unfathomable to me that when you have so much money and you, something like this happens, and, and it happens all the time, these sort of dumb things with, you know, not even like sexual assaults, but things where passengers are customers or whatever are totally wrong and they are like no 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 not our fault not our fault it's yeah. like look you're not perfect you things are gonna happen you're gonna have to pay out of pocket well you don't say the incidents aren't real in the first place no but you don't i mean oh. it, the the callousness to like oh. but the idea that in your head you could be like nobody will no woman will ever be sexual assaulted come on it's any it's crazy come on come on an Uber quote. There is responsibility for the rider to make sure that when they get into an Uber, they're checking the license plate and they're checking the driver's face. Yeah. And making sure that all matches up. No, I check the license plate all the time. Here are some headlines from across the country on Uber-related crimes. D.C. Uber driver kidnaps passenger, takes him on high-speed police chase. Okay. Uber driver arrested. One star! <laughs> Uber driver arrested. For allegedly kidnapping a drunk woman. Seattle police uh. clear Uber driver of rape charge, but not sexual assault. Uber Miami driver accused of raping passenger in car. Uber driver stands accused of sexually assaulting a passenger. Uber driver arrested for allegedly stealing 5000 worth of jewelry from two passengers. 
Uber passenger says driver stir struck him with a hammer after he told them he was going the wrong way. Jesus. That's a fucking great ride. Yeah, well, that's, I mean. That's a, that's a great, I'm sorry, that last one is a great Uber driver. <laughs> Takes no shit. Yeah. Has a hammer. Ready to fucking go. Has a hammer in his car. A hammer. He brought a hammer to work that day because yeah. he was like, no one talks shit to me anymore. Every day. No one talks shit to me anymore. Yeah. A hammer. It would be great if his Uber name was Hammer. I'm Hammer. And it's just a picture of a hammer. <laughs> it feels strange. Next, Uber was hit with lawsuits in California, Texas, and Arizona for discriminating against blind and wheelchair using passengers. The suits demanded Uber abide by the Disabilities Act, but Uber claims that because it's just a technology company, it doesn't fall under the act's jurisdiction. So what they're, they are, they're just like, we're Limbo, the company. They're they're a tech they're a software tech they're a tech tech company they don't have any there's gray no area actual, the company they don't own any cars they don't have employees we're vapor we're kind of not real we're basically whispers the suits included one case where a woman's dog had been locked in the trunk of an Uber car oh my god there was a move to reclassify Uber drivers as employees in California and a demand to turn over data on every Uber ride. The California Labor Commission's office ruled that an Uber driver should be classified as an employee, not an independent contractor. Though the decision only applied to one driver. What? It could spread. Sucks. From the LA Times to June 2015, quote, Uber now spends more on lobbyists in California than Walmart, Bank of America, or Wells Fargo. Ugh. Lawmakers are now conscious of Uber's immense and rising popularity among constituents. Uh, <laughs> Democrats like Colorado Governor John Hickenlooper. That's a terrible name. No, it's normal. Massachusetts Governor Deval Patrick and Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel, who was a douchebag of all douchebags, yeah. are huge Uber supporters. Republicans embrace Uber as a celebration of the free market. In city after city, a regulator would say Uber was breaking the law, and then the mayor or governor would say Uber didn't have to follow laws. Politicians would tout how Uber was changing people's lives for the better. <laughs> uh, if that didn't work, there was always Grayball. Pardon? Grayball was in an internal Uber program that used collected app data to identify and do an end around city officials. It, it would do it. Identify city officials and then. Do an end around. You'll see. <sighs> Uber used Grayball in Boston, Paris, and Las Vegas, and in countries like Australia, China, and South Korea. Grayball was approved by Uber's legal team. Grayball? Eric England was a code enforcement inspector in Portland, where Uber started operating without seeking permission from the city. Okay. So officers like England would pose as riders, open the Uber app, and watch as cars on the screen made their way toward them. But some of the cars in the app did not represent actual vehicles, and Uber drivers who were called were quickly canceled. This was part of Uber's operation in a new city to evade authorities. One technique involved drawing a digital perimeter around government offices on a map. Then Uber watched which people were frequently opening and closing the app near the location which they called eyeballing. So people whose job it is to keep an eye on Uber are opening and closing the app, looking to see where cars are and what's happening. So anytime there is a location that is a gov government affiliated, Uber's come up with some and, sort of well, way. There's someone that keeps opening and closing it. Right. They're then, just looking at it. Right. That means that actually... they need to be blocked. Right. Mm -hmm. It was assumed authorities with city agencies would be the only ones eyeballing. 
They also looked at credit card information to see if it was tied to something like a police credit union. That is so shady. (laughs) There were around a dozen signifiers to figure out if someone was a writer or a possible city official. Uber employees would also search social media profiles and anything else available online. God damn. If someone was linked to law enforcement, Uber grayballed them, which means they were tagged. If they tried to call a car... Uber would scramble ghost cars in a fake version of the app or show no cars available. So gray ball is a version of black ball, but where you're not telling them. So it's like muting. It's like, I think, I think they have it on sites like Reddit. It's called ghost. I think you're ghosted on Reddit, but so you think you're, you right. think you're putting something up. Like, you think you're taking part, but in actuality, right. you're not. But, right. So to you, it doesn't look like you've been banned. It just no, looks you're like, like you're, oh, okay. That's well, not working. Um, if a driver accidentally picked up so- someone who was grayballed, Uber would call them and tell the driver to end the ride. Wow. Illegal? Most probably. Crazy? <clears throat> For sure. Lyft is Uber. Uh, hold on. I got to take this. This is Uber. Okay. Hey, uh, I'm going to pull over. Get out. And you're going to get out of my car? Get out. <laughs> Lyft is Uber's main competitor. So Uber secretly tracked Lyft drivers with an internal software oh, program shit. called Hell. Oh, no. Uber. Bad Uber. Hell out Uber to see how many Lyft drivers were available, what their prices were, and which drivers were double dipping by driving for Uber also. Oh, Wow. It would then offer those drivers who were double dipping incentives to work only for Uber. <laughs> At the same time, Uber found a great way to make more money off their drivers. Uber landed a $1 billion loan from Goldman Sachs for leases. Uber offered some prime leases to people who were cleared to drive but had bad credit scores and couldn't buy a new car. What year is this? <laughs> I think this is 2015. What? Subprime? Is there anyone who hears if it's... <laughs> oh, subprime leasing in, in cars is enormous. It's totally, it's totally a bubble. To get a lease, drivers had to put down a $250 deposit. I mean, you would think they would change it from subprime. They don't give a shit. You, I mean, even if, you're, even if you made sandwiches and your place was called subprime, they you'd be like, punished. get out. Why would they? No you, one was just punished. name alone. The, but no one was punished. They wouldn't, why would they care? Just because you'd think that there would be enough people who would be like, why? whoa. Because subprime. They don't give a shit. If I heard subprime, I'd be like, uh, no. The lo- they don't care. You need the loan. Uh, no. You wouldn't say that because you need you need a loan so desperately that they, they could say horseshit loan. You'd be like, okay. That's horseshit good. loan, I would take way over subprime. I'd be like, I'll roll the dice with it. I haven't heard of it. So people would have to put $250 deposit down and make weekly payments for three years. The average weekly payment is $126 and comes straight from their paychecks. Uber, quote. The average payment per what? So they're putting $250 deposit down. Uh-huh. They're, they're leasing a car. Yeah. For how for $126? Uh, $126 a week. A week. Jesus. For three years. Good Lord. Uber quote. The best part, payments are automatically deducted, deducted from your Uber earnings. The if best you, part. If you don't drive enough or you fail to make your lease payment, Exchange has folks to come take the car back. Hey, the worst part. Folks. 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 Folks hey, honey, eat. the folks are here to take the crowd back. Hey, guys, it's us, the folks. We're, uh, <laughs> boy, go- gosh, golly, are we sorry we got to do oh, this. Oh, God, but, uh, you know what? It's going to sound kind of weird, but I'm going gonna, 
I'm going to break your window with a hammer and get inside and just take your car away. Uh, Signed the folks. Would you care for a slice of pecan pie? <laughs> well, they were just the folks. I'll have a little of Mars. Pour a glass of that fresh-made lemonade for him, will you? Oh, boy. Unfortunately, we're going to have to take the vehicle. That's okay. You see my good folks. Oh, I'll put the napkin around your neck before you eat that pecan. Ma, I'll tell you, it's award-winning, but it'll also break all over you, won't it, Ma? Uber had no legal obligations under the agreement with its finance arm, Exchange. A Houston Chronicle quote. Exchange leasing sounds more like a payday loan racket built into a company's store. The lease increases the company's control over the driver who Uber still insists is nothing more than an independent contractor. <laughs> How is someone independent when Uber controls access to customers, sets billing rates, demands a minimum number of hours, and owns the car and the <laughs> lease on it? Yeah. That's what is of, independent about this process? I mean, that couldn't be more is, dependent. Well, it's fucking insane. Yeah. But, and the and the reason is that just they are they are allowed to operate in this area because people are now worried about how powerful they are. They're paying off. They're paying. They have lobbyists. Government. They're yeah. they're lobbying. Yeah. And then when when someone does put up a stink, they send out email messages for them to just overwhelm right. some guy in an office. Right. Well, that's when you call in the big guns like Ash Kutch. The Kutch. After a thirty-six month term. A driver would have paid thousands over the purchase price for his car. Yeah. And then Uber would charge them thousands more to buy the car at the end of the lease. So somehow Uber has opened a terrible car dealership within their rideshare business? On top of being douchebags, now they're a douchebag used car salesman. Yeah. Because... At the end of a lease, you can fucking sell that car and usually make profit off yeah. of it. So Uber is now having a guy who's desperate for Lose money, money. Pay off the lease. Because there's no way Uber's paying the Fully pay off the lease. Fully pay off the lease. And then Uber is like, could sell the car to anybody. And they're like, hey, you want to buy it for a right, bunch of money? Right, That's cool. One driver said his 2016 Chevy Cruze, after a three-year lease, would have cost $37,200 in total, which is double the Kelly Blue Book What? But le these leases were the only option for desperate people with poor credit who needed a job. Uber says the leases, leases were not to make money, but to get more cars to drivers. Uh-huh. Independent drivers. In mid-2015, after hundreds of thousands of drivers were locked into leased cars, Uber eliminated driver incentive programs and reduced the standard driver share of passenger fares wow. from 80 to 75%. Sorry, 70%. Now it was much, much harder for these drivers to pay off their lease. I remember when they made that shift. There was a definite Uber, like, drivers would were pissed. Yeah, oh, that was... Starting. Uber would become known for slashing rates, which hurt drivers' abilities to make a living. In January 2015, Uber cut its driver rates in 48 cities, lowering earnings by 40%. Wow. They sent out an email telling drivers about the cut in pay but said they could just do 30% more rides and make the same money because they'd be busier. Uh, which, which obviously didn't happen. Well, and also, I, I mean, even, I, even if it is BS, it's like, 
Yeah, no, that's not better. No, no, no. You're going to make 40% less money, but then you just have to work 30% That's more, more hours that I don't want to work for the amount 10%. of money that I've been making before. Right, but it, there's going to be more people getting in your car. Yeah, but I don't want that. Right, but here's the thing. You like to work, right? No. You're super uninspired. Yeah. You're just an uninspired person. What is your, your job title? Uh, I'm uh, idea maker. John, idea maker Johnny? Hand me an arrow. Huh? Yeah! Drivers began protesting in Philadelphia. Uber drivers announced a plan to sue the company over their status as independent contractors. Others began driving for Lyft instead. There were large protest rallies in Houston, Tampa, and other cities. In Seattle, they pushed for a union. The city council passed a law allowing Uber drivers to unionize in December 2015. Some Uber drivers were then deactivated for being pro-union. <laughs> uh, Uber then hired an... Trust busting! Uber then hired an investigative firm staffed by veterans from the CIA and National Security Council named Ergo to investigate Seattle union politics and the Teamsters. So that's a normal hire. <laughs> Nothing strange about that. You know, uh, I think as a rideshare company, we should hire Blackwater to be consistent. In a deposition related to the case, an Uber executive testified that the company had hired Ergo on four separate investigations, but no further details of where or when were made public. So everyone knows they've hired the CIA slash... NSA group, but no one knows when or where. It, it, did, is, did they, are they in the lead as far as being the worst, the fastest? Oh, yeah. I mean, this is light speed. But then the next July, it was revealed Uber was using Ergo to spy on a lawyer who had filed a class action lawsuit against the company. Okay. I mean, what, this is... Uh... <laughs> They're like the mob. Oh, Yeah. In 2016, Uber's value was $62.5 billion. Oh, my God. Not everyone was down with the company. One venture capitalist, Peter Sims, said, quote, I've met hundreds of founders and been to thousands of companies. Uber is the most arrogant company I've ever encountered <laughs> and the most unethical. And I don't say that lightly. I've given up on being able to trust the company and am no longer using the service. Wow. In April 2016, Uber said it would leave Houston if the city did not repeal existing regulations which required fingerprint based background checks oh my god uber released a report are they nazis uber released a report on quote the cost of houston's ride sharing regulations it said there are now quote fewer safe rides uber then left houston and <laughs> galveston in June 2016 when austin voters upheld fingerprint based background checks uber and lyft left the city that same month, former Obama U.S. Attorney General Eric Holder wrote to lawmakers in New Jersey and Chicago on behalf of Uber. Mm. He wrote that fingerprint checks are an unfair way to screen job candidates. According to Holder, because of deficiencies in the FBI's database, fingerprint checks can prevent people from getting jobs even if they were never convicted of crimes that requiring fingerprint checks can discriminate against minorities. So Holder's anti. He's anti-fingerprint checks. Yeah, okay. Because the database is so messed up, 
that that means some black guys might not get hired. Right. As opposed to fingerprint checks stopping rapists. Well, when you put those on the scale of justice. Also, if that's your thing, Uber's less specific background check, which is based on names. Right. There's there's other ways. It's more discriminatory, if that's what you're going with. Right. We can assume uh, Holder didn't say anything about how not doing fingerprint checks can lead to someone being raped or murdered. A New Jersey senator said ex-attorney... Did you just say New Jersey? And a New Jersey senator said... You just did, you little stinker. Ex-attorney general Holder's letter, quote, definitely has some influence, and I think the committee is weighing that letter. One Uber driver said, quote, I've been a taxi driver in Massachusetts, Florida, and California. You have to provide a 10-year driving history from the DMV, dated, pass a drug test, alcohol test, and get fingerprinted. <laughs> Uber requires none of this. Is the alcohol test just not being drunk for a minute? <laughs> That's actually weird. I don't know. That is a weird one. I mean, the others seem I a mean, little... That is good, because you don't want a guy who's just on vodka all the time. Yeah, like, it's oops. good, but how hard is it to show up once not drunk? A, a serious alcoholic could not do it. <laughs> for sure. But something tells me you'll, I mean... Anyway, Dad, try it. Oh, it may, Dave. It may... <laughs> oh, Dave. <laughs> oh, bud. You're okay, buddy. In May 2016, an Uber driver was charged with the attempted murder of two Montgomery County police officers. The driver had done the Uber background check, the non-discriminatory one, according to Eric Holder. Right. He also had a 20-foot-long rap sheet. Police found weapons, ammunition, drug paraphernalia in the Uber vehicle. A local reporter asked Uber how he was approved, how long had he been driving, and what was his star rating. Uber uh, we don't answer stuff like that. We're Uber. Did not respond. Oh, my God. There, there, there's a real problem now <laughs> with just not responding. Yeah. It, it, like, they've realized in the last, like, seven years, six years, year, that if you just don't say anything, that's a tactic. Yeah. <laughs> and it's an effective one because even though people will protest and get livid... They're just like, yeah, I'll just keep ignoring it. Uber says that, quote, every ride-sharing driver is thoroughly screened through a rigorous process, which includes... You a driver? Three-step... Want to work here? Criminal background. Okay, great. Oh, the three steps. Okay, yeah, three steps. Here it is. You a criminal? No. Promise? Yep. Swear to God? Yep. Welcome on board. Oh, thank you. Uber charges every customer a $1 safe rides fee to pay for those... Checks. They charge them? They charge customers. For, wait, they charge customers for the checks? Yeah. You're getting, when you get an Uber, you're getting charged. To check that. Because they, because they, because what? they did How a bad check. How have they check. done this? <laughs> How have they made it so they just, I mean, they're like Scientology. They're just like they making really, all the money and they're paying nothing. There's a very Scientology feel to it. But the San Francisco district attorney accused Uber of making false statements about protecting consumers. And because Uber does, Uber does not fingerprint drivers, the company's criminal checks are, quote, completely worthless. Yeah. The FBI says Uber's method, which is a name-based criminal background check, has a 43% error rate. <laughs> oh, my God. 43% error rate? Literally playing with people's lives to make money. Literally. 
Saudi Arabia is a country that does not allow women to drive, imprisons people for criticizing the government, is spreading war throughout the Middle East, sentences protesters to death, holds foreign workers as slaves, whips people as punishment, tortures protesters, executes protesters, some by crucifixion, and where sodomy is punishable by death. They allowed 14-year-old girls to die in a fire instead of letting them leave the building because there was nothing covering their heads. Also, it is the birthplace of most of the 9-11 hijackers. And on May 16th, the Saudi Public Investment Fund put $3.5 billion into Uber and took a seat on the company's board. Wow. Uber was expanding its operation in Saudi Arabia and said it was a great way for women who can't drive to get around. Oh, my God. Now... <laughs> I, 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 I don't... How do you do it, Dave? How do you do it? What an awful... Uh, you ready? No, I'm not ready. So Uber's... I don't want my pickup. So Saudi Arabia has invested in Uber. Saudi Arabia does not allow women to drive. Right. So Saudi Arabia is now profiting right. from not allowing women to drive. Sa- Saudi Arabia is now making money off of what they're claiming are like r- religious yeah. laws... But they're like, uh, no, Uber's okay. Uber was heavily criticized for the deal. By who? There were a lot of people that wrote about it. No, I'm sure. Kalanick doesn't care. According to one Uber investor, quote, it goes to the heart of who Travis is. He just doesn't give a shit about optics ever. That's cool. And Jam pad! Hey, come on over the gym pad. We're talking about how, how women can't drive in Saudi Arabia and how to make money off that. Hey, cool. Also, they crucify protesters, so I'm thinking, what about a crucifixion app? Uh, that's sick, dude. Sick. Sick for, like, my bank account? Sick for on two levels, dude. What's that? For your bank account? Yeah. And I'm sick. Okay. I gotta leave. Oh, you should try Uber. Don't hit the crucifixion app. No, dude. You told me all the bad stuff. In California, 20 companies working on driverless cars had complied with the state DMV requirements. Good Lord. I mean, now... (laughs) No! I mean... Then uh, came Uber. No, no. The company that doesn't give a shit. (laughs) Uber kept operating driverless cars in San Francisco I mean, they're just going to have flying Ubers in cities, and they'll just be crashing into buildings. They'll be like, buildings problem. Not us! In December 2016, the DMV pulled the registration for Uber's 16 driverless cars. Companies that have... I didn't write this, but they also hit a guy. Yeah, there were were a couple of... Yeah. yeah. Companies that have a permit are required to disclose... So the the ones that are following California rules, I'm sure it's like Apple and all those other companies, they have a permit and they're required to disclose traffic accidents from these cars and report on how often drivers have to grab the wheel. Well, that seems relevant. Yeah, because then the state knows... If those cars are safe or not. Well, it's sort of like a way to evaluate that. Interesting. So do, do, way, do, 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 do you know what I'm saying? It's a way to see if they're safe before you put them on the road and allow people to. If you have numbers, uh-huh. you can tell Go. how safe something actually is. I'm not following you. 
Many believe Uber did not want to apply for permits because then they would have to disclose how often the driver had to take over the car. Jesus, Uber, no. Quote, Uber has claimed they're refusing to get permits on principle. That's nonsense. They just don't want to reveal how flawed and dangerous their robot cars are, said a director at Consumer Watchdog. Oh, good. Uber still pushed the idea that the company was the p- a path to a modest, more attainable American dream. After more than a million rides, Uber calculated drivers in late 2015 earned approximately thirteen seventeen per hour after expenses in Denver, ten seventy five per hour after expenses in Houston, and eight seventy seven per hour after expenses in Detroit. This is a lot less than the hundred thousand a year the company had claimed in 2013, which would be $48 an hour. Right, yeah. The drivers had a different story. They reported earning around $3 an hour after vehicle fees are taken for those who pay leases, $0 an hour. Because drivers are not employees, Uber is not obligated to pay them the minimum wage. Drivers also have to pay all car expenses. Uber argued that retail employees at companies like Walmart don't enjoy the independence and flexibility of their drivers. Well, uh, they, I, you know. <laughs> uh, God damn it. God damn it. They're basically, they, saying, they, 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 they're they, basically saying that their, their argument is we're as shitty as Walmart, but you don't, but it, with our job, you can drive around and pick your hours. Yeah, like that's what they're saying. But also that the what like the, uh, the think about <laughs> think about if you if you started with Uber when all the good stuff is happening. You're you have like you do a part. Do you, you remember do, when we were in the Uber in in Sydney going to the airport? Mm. And and <laughs> no, remember that's the story. Well, we're going to the airport. That's when I was on an edible. No, this is a different oh a different one. one. And we're driving there, and the driver is talking about how great it is and how much money he's making. Right. And I said, you know, they're cutting, they're cutting fares crazy in America. And he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, this is not what you want to be, because because then at that yeah. time they get everyone driving by actually having right. rates, and then they start fucking right. slap. Once it's, you're hooked, right. Once you have it, because once you have first a, hits free, Tommy, you leave your job because you find this job that's yeah. flexible and easy, and then they cut all the rates, and then you're fucked because you right because you have to make a living while looking for a job. But the more they cut the rates, the less time you have to look for a job. They're yeah. fucking you. Yeah. And when they're fucking you, they're going, "Oh, you're getting fucked." Yeah. Yeah. You're the one enjoying it. One driver said, "Quote: With the money I earn, I am applying for food stamps." In November 2016... That's a different kind of Uber Eats. In November 2016, J.P. Morgan and Deutsche Bank turned down the opportunity to sell shares because Uber would not provide its net income or even annual revenues. What are they doing? How can... What are they? What aren't they? It is believed Uber has negative 140% profit margins. That's bad. Those are bad profit margins. Negative horn. I'm not much of a businessman, but I know those are bad. Yeah. Uber has not created a disruptive service. Drivers, vehicles, and fuel account for 85% of urban car service costs. And Uber is an app. How is it possible? It has not discovered a magical new way to drive down service car costs, which would be a disruptive service. 
Uber is not much different than a fancy phone. It's no different than when you used to call a cab and then wait for the cab outside. Now you can just watch the cab right. on the phone. Yeah. It's no different. It hasn't done they the thing about the thing about the way taxi services have worked and why there's never been a national taxi service is because there's no benefit to having a giant taxi monopoly. Right. You don't make more money. It is it is a business that is has huge overhead. And so you cannot make crazy money off of this business. But so what are, what are they? So they're, how much are they down? <laughs> oh, we'll get there. Oh, boy. That should be the title of this one. Quote. Oh, we'll get there. Uber depends on billions in subsidies from Silicon Valley venture capitalists. Uber is currently a staggeringly unprofitable company. Riders pay only 41% of the cost of their ride. There is no evidence of any progress towards break-even, and no one can provide a credible explanation of how Uber could achieve the billions needed to achieve sustainable profits and investor returns. How are they not unfucked company? <laughs> fucked company's gone, but it might come Did back. Did fucked company have to put fucked company on fucked so. company when it was going under? <laughs> Boy, this is weird. <laughs> Hey, Bobby, you're typing us on there. Yeah, we ain't doing good. (laughs) Uber's growth to date is entirely explained by its willingness to engage in predatory competition funded by billionaires pursuing a monopoly. Uber would require one of the greatest profit improvements in the history of the world just to achieve breakeven. Uber is simply trying to drive all other car services out of business by undercutting fares and subsidizing their billions. And then, then they would raise, raise prices. Right. Then the idea the, so is the, to the, drive right. every car service company out of business and then jack up the fares astronomically. It's the rope-a-dope. From a Salon article, quote, Uber is the closest thing we've got today to the living, breathing essence of unrestrained capitalism. This is how Robin... Robber Barons play. In December 2016, an Uber program called God's View was revealed. Um, question in the back. <laughs> God's View allowed Uber employees to regularly spy on the movements of, quote, high-profile politicians, celebrities, and even personal acquaintances. What are, what, what, are, including are, are they going to kill us? Are, am I gonna, are we dying from Uber? Including ex-boyfriends, girlfriends, and ex-spouses. What? What are they doing? What is going on? Uber increased security <laughs> to stop the abuse of God's view amongst employees. God's view? What are, honest, are they, are they like the Bilderberg group? And renamed it Heaven's View. Oh, God. <laughs> for when, for when God's view wasn't pretentious enough. Uber confirmed that some employees have been fired for abusing God's view. <laughs> to stop employees from spying on celebrities, Uber created a flag. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Huh? Okay. What? Yeah. Yeah. So. A bunch of people were spying on Beyonce. How do they, they they're spying. They can just pull it up. If they know who she is, they can just pull up the fucking information on God's view. Oh my God's view. So, so. Uber created a flag for searches for riders who are considered MVPs. Of course, if you're not an MVP, but just the ex-girlfriend of an employee, well, then you're fucked. 
Uber did not get rid of God's view or heaven's view, as it's now called. The company says it needs the program for different reasons, like refunding customers and investigating accidents. Oh, I'm sure they're hanging on to the thing about that, that helps refunds. From what I've heard. Also, Uber employees <clears throat> have warned journalists that Uber executives might look into their travel logs if they investigate the company. I mean, they... So, let's take that a little bit further. What if members of Congress decide to look into Uber's labor practices or their surge pricing or their clear flaunting of laws and regulations? So... Uber could just pull up God's view on all those guys and women and see where they've gone and see what they've been doing. So they just have created like a, just a blackmail side app. This is the problem with all of these giant data collecting things. Right, yeah. In January, after President Trump instituted a travel ban. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, they, I, and I don't know if you're, you're probably not going to, I mean, you've, the, the, the thing they were doing where this was the first, I mean, I, you know, didn't like them for a while, but the first thing was when it was like, they want your location all the time. All the time. So yeah, in your location services, unless you actively go and put right. in there that it's off right. and you just use it when you want. I mean, that's just such a crazy thing. Yeah, they changed that a year and a half ago or something. Where they, they did said, change it. No, no. They, oh, they, 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 that's how it to, is. It used right. to not be that. Yeah, now it is. And then yeah. all of a sudden they're like, no, we want your location all the time. Which Why would just, you want someone's location And that happens time? on so many of these things. Yeah. In January, after President Trump instituted a travel ban uh, on people from uh, seven, six? I don't remember. But it, was, it was seven. It's now six. Six uh, Muslim countries. But it was seven then. People protested at airports. New York City taxis joined the protests and refused to go to JFK. At the same time, Uber turned off surge pricing, which it announced to everyone in the area. Turned it on? Turned it off. Turned it off. <clears throat> Saying, right. Hey, look, rides are cheaper to the airport right, right now. Right, right. Which was seen by many as an attempt to capitalize on the protests. Right. A delete Uber campaign began on Twitter, and many joined in. Under pressure, a couple weeks later, Kalanick quit a panel advising President Trump. A week or so later, an Uber driver recorded a video of Kalanick while he was in his car. The driver complained that Uber so slashing fares said Uber cost him $97,000, making him go bankrupt. That is... Uh. Kalanick responded, quote, You know what? Some people don't like to take responsibility for their own shit. They blame everything in their life on somebody else. Good luck. You're literally the guy who slashed the money I was making. Good on that driver, though. Yeah, that guy's great. That was great. The video was posted online, and a negative reaction was swift. Kalanick was once again forced to apologize. Jeff Jones was hired in September by Uber. He had been brought on to clean up Uber's image. He had a 22-minute Q&A on Facebook with drivers. He wrote, quote, Louise Thompson, love that you're providing a great service. Hope you're getting awesome compliments. Compliments are where customers leave drivers little yeah, yeah, yeah. When five stars isn't good enough. Right. right? Facebook, Ryan, uh, Facebook user Ryan Gonzalez replied, compliments don't pay the bills, Jeff. <laughs> so he's getting shit from his own drivers. Yeah. Uber. Uber is unique among ride-hailing companies for not allowing in-app tipping. The company maintained that tips were included in its fares until a class-action settlement forced 
Uber to clarify that that was not at all true. Boy. So they kept telling people that tips were included yeah. in the rate. No, they were. And then... And I, then, I owe my brother a huge apology now. <laughs> and Uber, well, but Uber's telling people that. Uh, no, that's what I mean. They've made they made it very clear early. Again, this is probably something that was. I mean, if you think about, it, you're making forty bucks an hour, like when it's you know at first, yeah. you, it feels like it's included. Yeah. I mean, everybody's winning, right? It's that now that they've pulled the rug out from underneath everybody, they've never cha- told people that they've changed the what you should be feeling everything for these drivers. And Uber still refused to add tipping to its app. Uber said people could leave tips in cash. Yeah, the whole fun of your app. Cool. Or as they say in their official policy on gratuity, quote, Uber is a cashless experience. Tipping is voluntary. Yeah. As a writer, you are, writer, you are not obligated to offer your driver a gratuity in cash. How, how are... Uh... Soon after, Susan Fowler, an ex- Uber engineer wrote a blog post detailing the sexual harassment and gender discrimination at the company. Another former Uber software engineer wrote that during her time at Uber, she saw, quote, malicious fights for power, interns repeatedly putting in over 100 hours a week but getting paid for 40, discrimination against women, and prejudice against the transgender community. Mm. Kalanick responded, quote, what she describes is abhorrent and against everything Uber stands for and believes in. <laughs> a couple of weeks later, a GQ article came out. GQ. GQ. GQ is a different magazine. That's yeah, for the rabbis. Better. Uh, a GQ article came out, and Kalanick was asked about how much women desire him, and he said, quote, yeah, we call that Boober. We call that Uber? Boober. Boober. Oh, that's fun. Right after he just said... Oh, I, 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 Dave, I'm gonna have to jump in here and defend the guy a little bit. I, I, I hate to, I hate to play, I hate to play good cop for him real quick, but uh, I'm gonna be honest. I, I think that that one is cute enough yeah. that that even though he has a track record that is mainly potholes, I think this one's that one's ad- fun, adorable that enough to adorable enough to skirt by <laughs> boober, mm. <laughs> a guy who's got a track record of ignoring. Uh, Sexual assaults, mm. boober. <laughs> He's a good guy, is Travis. Uber then launched an internal investigation headed by Eric Holder. Oh, good. In March, 2000- what's he gonna find? No fingerprints. Nothing. In March 2017, Seattle gave drivers the right to collectively bargain. The bad news continued for Uber. Uber President Jeff Jones, who we just heard about on Facebook, yeah. Suddenly quit after six months on the job. Six months, huh? He's brought in to... Fix them. Fix them. And six months in... Jones announced his leaving through the press. Okay. That's how Uber found out. He probably thought it was off the record. (laughs) Could you imagine telling your boss you're quitting through the press? No. It'd be a great way to do it. Kalanick described this situation as unfortunate. The guy who was brought in to smooth things over left with, a, left with a message to the press. And there was an increase in Uber employees looking for jobs at different companies. The VP of product and growth and the head of the self-driving cars also left the company. Oh, my God. A veteran software engineer. I'm self-driving myself right out of here. <laughs> a veteran software engineer said that he takes what he called Uber's, quote, asshole culture into account in the hiring decisions. Oh, cool. Quote. 
To be perfectly honest, I don't want to work with someone who did well in that environment. If you did well upholding Uber's values, I probably don't want to work with you. Good Lord. And people looking to get out of Uber. That's such a crazy skew to have to deal with. And so now employees who are looking to get out of Uber are having a hard time finding work elsewhere. God damn it. Give interviews. They have to be on the defensive explaining they're not assholes. God damn it. (laughs) Let me start up by saying I don't like Uber. I hate the Ubers. How fast? Uh, I mean, is uh, this is happening very... I mean, this is light speed. It's happening fast now. In April 2017, Uber started experimenting with video game techniques to get drivers to work longer and harder. What? <laughs> what are they... What? Uber now exploits people's tendency to set earnings goals, earning goals, and alerts them when they are close to hitting an arbitrary target if they try to log off. The app says, make it to 3.30. You're $10 away from making 3.30 in net earnings. Are you sure you want to go offline? Ugh, they're just slot machines. Right. Uber drivers can earn badges for achievements, like above and beyond, which is denoted on the app by a cartoon of a rocket blasting off. All right, man, you got a turkey bowling. Oh, cool. Excellent service, which is a picture of a sparkling diamond. Oh, yay. And I can get that diamond if I go through Uber Jewelry. It's just $330 a week, and in eight years I own the ring if I pay 13000 An entertaining drive. A pair of Groucho Marx glasses with a nose and eyebrows appears on the app. What? Who's that? I mean... It's, it's so fucking degrading it's really degrading it's It's really stupid but also the groucho glasses out of all of them how'd that slip through but i always go back to when i think when i hear about stuff like this i always go back to taco bell giving out employee of the month right for a guy who puts fucking cheese on a fucking taco and just stands in in a line putting food in a shell yeah there are no employee of the months that's the guy who shows up and is like all right i'll fucking i'll do this I've I've managed to overcome the fact that everything sucks. And I'm going to try to put on a happy face because if I don't, I die inside. Your employee of the month. It it is always cra- it's always crazy how still a lot of times, like in certain businesses, a promotion results in nothing other than a job change title. The yeah, job, job title change. change. Title. Yeah. So Uber has also started doing what Netflix does, which is they start, they tell people there's a new fare available bef- before the, the ride they're giving is over. Right. So it's, it's like when you're, when you're watching Netflix, if you don't know, if you're watching a TV show on Netflix, one episode ends and then up. Right up away. Pops, up next. Starts, the time starts ticking away. The yeah, yeah. Start. That's what's coming up next. An Uber spokesman quote, but any driver can stop working literally at the tap of a button. The decision whether or not to drive is 100% theirs, but you're using actual psychological yeah. shit against them. Yeah. Uh, uh, even May, in that language. Yeah. On May 23rd, we're up to May 23rd, 2017, by the way. Good Lord. It was, I was writing this and shit kept happening. <laughs> On May 23rd, it was revealed in New York City, Uber had been taking commissions before taxes, then paying drivers. Wow. So they're supposed to take the taxes out. Of course. This is what's known as skimming or blatantly fucking over workers. Mm. Skimming is catchier. Payroll fraud is a gigantic crime in America, but it's good to see Kalanick has not learned since 
the days when he decided not to pay the IRS payroll taxes when running Red Swoosh. God, I miss Red Swoosh. Uber agreed to pay each driver $900. (laughs) So that, I believe... They just they just did that I believe they okay. just said it the other day and um, the basically the guys who the union guys or whatever in New York the yeah. guys who were just like well that's fucking horseshit like yeah. that's not even you're talking about two and a half years this went on you want to give them nine hundred dollars that is horseshit money from the amount of money they fucking stole from their own work. <sighs> in two thousand sixteen Uber agreed on a twenty million dollar uh, settlement. On a complaint by the uh, Federal Trade Commission that it misled drivers about earnings and vehicle financing. And the California Public Utilities Commission hit Uber with a $7.6 million fine for failing to report accessibility and driver safety data in 2014. Uber agreed to a $28.5 million settlement over their safe ride fee of $1, which was really right, bullshit. That right. The company was sued saying it was God damn. Taxi. I mean, they are a religion. The settlement was rejected last week. And then increased to $32 million. Uber also agreed to a $100 million settlement with drivers who sued over not being reimbursed for mileage and tip reimbursement. The settlement was rejected by a judge as being too low. Ah, Uber recently offered $1 per driver instead. What? <laughs> did they? What year do they think this is? Regardless, employment experts said the $100 million settlement was bad in the long run because it meant drivers weren't employees and would have to pay their own Social Security taxes right. and health insurance. So if they take the settlement because right, they need money, which they do need money, right. then they're basically agreeing to what Uber is. Right. Uh, <laughs> so, quote, I mean, in a way, Uber, I mean, Uber wants that. Yeah. Right. Quote, you have a giant corporation making billions of dollars on the backs of these people. Uber has secured more venture capital. Uber has secured more venture capital than any startup in history, eleven billion dollars. It has succeeded in driving several competitors out of business, including Sidecar, Carhu, and Juno. I got to miss Juno. Uber reported a loss of six hundred seventy million in two thousand fourteen, one point five billion in two thousand fifteen, <laughs> two point eight billion in two thousand sixteen. And on June 1st, Uber posted a $708 million loss in the most recent quarter and said its head of finance is leaving the company. What is, what's going to happen? Uber deliberately keeps prices low to promote rapid growth. A recent study revealed only 48% of Uber drivers were satisfied with the company. For every 100 applicants, only about 15% still drive after a year. Uber's biggest operating expense is attracting new drivers and keeping them. Hence all the video game bullshit right. they just yeah, they yeah. decided. According to many who know him, Travis Kalanick is driven... Uh, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> He's got an issue over there. Come here. Uh, according to those who know him, Travis Kalanick is driven to win at whatever he puts his mind to and at whatever the cost. What? Peter York, a former Red Swoosh advisor. Travis... Kalanick, the Travis Kalanick I came to know 17 years ago, was relentless in pursuit of his goals at the expense of those who supported him along the way, deluded by his own embellishment, embellished personal narrative, and a serial provocateur. Liar. Right, yes. Forbes quote, the company is burning cash at a frightening rate. Its business fundamentals are fraught with chronic challenges. 
and Uber's path to profitability is far from certain. Uber now has a $70 billion valuation, or as Travis Kalanick likes to say, quote, that's hashtag winning. Ugh. Ugh. He is the biggest douchebag ever. They are. I mean, he's the biggest douchebag we have going, and I mean douchebag. And I know douchebags. I found one in my room in Houston. They're a vile, predatory company. Will they that, last? Well, here's the thing. So they, like, they are the least profitable company in the history of the world. And if they, if if they last, it's only because tons of billionaires are just throwing money, money at it right. to drive every. They want to get rid of not just car companies. Right. They want to convince people not to own cars. That's what they think they're going to get to. But that's fucking horseshit. People yeah. are going to own cars. And if I don't own a car, I'll fucking join Zipcar or some shit, which makes sense. But I'm not going to I'm not going to call up I'm not going to be at the will of a fucking company who is just douchebag personified who will fuck you in a heartbeat so you're going to put your life in their hands like you have to go to work you have to take the kids to school all that shit you're going to put that in Uber's hands these fucking monsters I have a new title for their rideshare company Ponzi Ponzi it's all coming down but all these guys are throwing all this money in so they don't want to lose that money but also they don't give a fuck they have so much fucking money it doesn't matter all these guys are so fucking rich yeah, but still, it just, like you said, I mean, it's the least profitable company <laughs> ever. Yeah, I mean, there's a guy, Matt Stoller, he's written about it a lot, but um, Naked Capitalism did a five-part series on Uber, which is what led me to write this, because I realized, I always knew they were a bad company, but I didn't realize just how how financially they're fucking horseshit. Terrible. Like, they're just a fucking lie. Won't pay for anything. It's so Enron. Yeah, it really, I mean, yeah. And this shit's going to fucking collapse, because right now, with that, that delete Uber, Uber campaign, campaign yeah. that hit them. That's what I mean. They lost like a bunch it, of people. Like, it was working. Like, it was definitely working. Oh, no, it did work. Like, they, there was recent news that came out that made it clear that they got hit hard. Yeah, and now it seems like the like the sexual assault stuff is coming out more, the messing with the drivers, and then the travel ban stuff. Yeah. Like, that, it seems to, it, it's like... But even then, the, the, the thing they do worse is predatory lending against their own drivers. Right. They're, no, they have their drivers. far worse shit than, than is being told. Right. And it is in a way. I mean, like what they're what they're doing is they're getting income from multiple places within their business. But one that is locked is that they've locked people into subprime leases within their uh, job driving for them. And I think you look. Lyft is no walk in the park. Lyft is also no. predatory capitalism, um, taking advantage of people who yeah. are suffering. But they ha- they're more sh- shrewd and intelligent. Um, Travis Kalanick. Um, has it seems a, a serious inability to feel empathy for other human beings, and I don't think I think that Lyft has it is that in just that it's a corporation that's taking advantage of people, but they also sort of understand how human beings work. I don't think he does. 
Yeah. I think he has no clue how human beings actually work. Because all the fucking jam pad shit and all that shit, that's all stuff you do when you don't know who the fuck you are. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, yeah. no one creates jam pad because they're happy with who they are. No. You make a bunch of money. You're like, oh, I'm going to go fucking maybe go camping or read a book. You don't make jam pad. Jam, jam pad is, is the essence of what he is as a human being, which is blustering constant bullshit. It's it's almost like Dan Bilzerian became a company. <laughs> it really is. Good really lord, is. man! When I started to key into the fact that we were doing Uber, I was like, "Oh no!" Was it as good as you thought? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I I've, yeah, I mean, it's terrible. I did, I, you know, as usual, didn't realize how terrible, but. uh and there, you know, you know what's crazy? I didn't want this to be a two-part episode. It could have been a two-part episode. I had to cut out so much fucking shit. It, it, it's long. This is a crazy long episode. How long is they it? Could have, this could have been three hours. The I had I had twenty-two pages of shit on Uber, and I cut it down to thirteen. Oh my god! They are so fucking vile. And if you ever use them again, know what you're getting into. Delete them. You're getting in with the devil. They are. A horrendous company and should not be supported by anyone. You're literally supporting sexual assaults. Right. Like they have their, the fact that they don't want to be finger, fingerprint checks, they do it in New York City. They don't want to do it anywhere else. Fuck off. Yeah. Do it in fucking Austin. They left Austin because of that. Yeah. Fuck off. Just do, do the fucking fingerprint checks. Yeah. You're fucking burning through money because you're a bunch of billionaire assholes. How about you pay for people not to get raped, you fucks? Yeah. Anyway. I like them. <laughs> uh, we sign uh, everything but Uber cars. There's a new company coming out. Oh, nice. Ray something. Red Swoosh. No, later in the year. And their plan is to just have the drivers pay like a $20 fee uh, and not so take there's a percentage. A, there's a savior. Well, so it's like they're going to make a lot less money, but they'll if all the, they're trying to be on the up and up. They're trying to be they'll the give up. us an option if we don't want to uh, fall prey to screwing over these drivers, which in turn will. They're, they're, I think, they're, I think they're trying to create a place where drivers can actually make money and and. They should just literally call their app "Stop Uber." <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. Well, all right. Hour and forty minutes. 43, 43, 12, 13, 14, We did it. 15. <laughs> we signed cars. Not Uber ones. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, 
Let's get at it after it. Let's see you there. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, This is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help 